0: The ghosts of Radio Shack and Circuit City might be sad to hear that their brothers in blue shirts won't be joining them just yet. That's right, Best Buy is making a comeback. Meanwhile, at Walmart, the big box retailer made headlines all last week after two big announcements, including a landmark expansion of its wellness clinic offerings and, in response to the deadly shooting in an El Paso, Texas Walmart last month, it will stop selling certain types of ammunition. It's also implementing a new in-store policy banning open carry, even in states where it's legal. The NRA responded with a statement calling the retailer's decision shameful. But for many consumers, might this earn Walmart more respect? We've got the scoop and more on today's episode. It's Monday, September 9th, and this is your Retail Rundown. Our guests today include Ed Kennedy and Ricardo Belmar. Ed is the Senior Director of Commerce at EpiServer, where he has spent a decade designing and implementing e-commerce platforms for consumer brands, B2B manufacturers, and wholesale distributors. Ricardo is the Senior Director of Global Enterprise Marketing at InfoVista and retail influencer with 20 years of industry experience focusing on digital transformation. Ed, Ricardo, thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks, Julie. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. So the first bit of news we'll dive into is Best Buy. Founded in 1966, the long-standing retailer is still making moves. Just last year, it unveiled its new slogan, which is, let's talk about what's possible. And what's possible, it seems, is that Best Buy is making its way back into the big leagues. So gearing up for the holiday season and competing with Amazon and Walmart, they just announced they're opening three metro e-commerce centers in Chicago, LA, and the New Jersey area. These new warehouse centers are equipped with robotics and are part of their 11th hour strategy to modernize their supply chain and avoid extinction. So it might not be too late for Best Buy after all. And with the new warehouse centers up and running, they're ready to reach 50 million people with free next day delivery. And that's obviously to better compete with Amazon's you know, same day, one day shipping programs. So considering this news and Best Buy's near demise in 2012, so not long ago, where do you think Best Buy is heading now? I'm going to pass it to you, Ed, and get your thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, I think they're headed towards some good holiday season selling. They've obviously played catch up on the supply chain, which most retailers have spent way more money than they anticipated needing to spend to get fulfillment up to consumer expectations because Amazon has such a fast delivery expectation for consumers. So everyone's playing catch up there. But I like what Best Buy is doing specifically with their Geek Squad and in-home advisor programs because when they say, let's talk about what's possible, the let's talk is the key piece. They're creating a human connection in retail. So it's focusing on its people to bring in-home advisors into your home to help you with home appliances. So I think that's where they've got a one-two punch. Yes, they have to meet the expectations of the consumer for e-commerce delivery, but what they're doing with their stores and the people in their stores is what's keeping them afloat and ultimately leading them towards more profitable quarters.
0: Yes, so you said a focus on the people and investments in the supply chain, and you said maybe even they've spent more than some other big retailers on optimizing supply chain over the past few years.
2: I mean, they doubled what they spent over the last, two years on their supply chain. They've doubled their capital X expenditure. And I think most retailers, I think if we pulled back the income statements from Target and Walmart and others, you know, it's easy to launch an e-commerce website relative to getting your supply chain right to deliver a physical good to anywhere in the US within a day. And that's where there's such a significant cost and effort and mindshare that's pouring into that area of commerce right now. So I think that's a wise move. It's a good use of funds, but I don't think that's what's going to accelerate their growth necessarily. I think that just keeps them on an even playing field. What they have to their advantage is the consultative conversations and relationships they're building with consumers that Amazon just isn't going to invest in.
0: Definitely. Ricardo, are you in agreement here or do you think, uh, it's a negative or positive path for best buy moving forward
1: i really think this is a positive with these three new warehouses, it's a clear next step and a big step in improving supply chain and uh, i think i even saw some reports on this that they're gonna take uh, customer orders as late as 8 p.m one night and still be able to fulfill a delivery the next day out of these so i think this is clearly a responsive shot across the bow right towards amazon uh, and they're increasingly fast in delivery that consumers are really starting to expect. I would argue, you know, Best Buy really is a fantastic comeback story for retail. They really were grasping, I think, for a while there at the bottom, like you mentioned at the start. You know, Hubert Jolly really did a great job, I think, turning things around. They did a lot of investment in the store experience to start with. I remember in the time frame everyone I knew would talk about going to Best Buy and you know lamenting that you know oh it would be a terrible experience if you had to actually talk to someone in the store because they just didn't know anything all you could find out is what was printed on the product box mm. uh, but now you know you look at it today and I think I' mentioned this too you know they've clearly invested in store associates at Best Buy. You go into a Best Buy store, and I myself have a great example of this. I was there not too long ago comparing different smart thermostats. And one of the Best Buy's blue shirt employees did a great job helping me identify some distinct differences in a couple different models I was looking at. And I made a purchase. I didn't need to go off to Amazon to buy it. I was able to get it at Best Buy. Obviously they have great price matching capabilities as well. So I think they've eliminated all those early concerns they had about Showrooming back in the day. That's one where I remember so many other retailers and meetings would tell me that they're so worried and concerned about showrooming. And I would always give them a responsible well, why don't, instead of worrying about it, why don't you try to own it? Yeah, turn the showrooming definitely. around, right? And use it to your advantage. And I think Best Buy really exemplified that process, right? Where associates really can turn this around and essentially encourage you to look up anything you want on your smartphone and they can match it. They can answer any questions that maybe you can't find as quickly in a quick search online. So I think they've really built up that in-store experience very effectively. Then they have things like their store in a store with certain brands like Apple or Samsung, what they've done in the appliances section. Right. Uh, I think they did a great job converting that store in a store concept into another revenue source because they actually get essentially a rental fee from brands right, for having this kind of setup in addition to the product sales. So. A lot of different components. You know, when they acquired the Geek Squad and brought that in, that really helped elevate the relationship with the customer. I think now we're going to see much more visible investment—not that they haven't been investing in it—but more visible investment like these e-commerce warehouses in the supply chain. Because it's one of the things I like to claim is that as much as we talk about Amazon as retail competition, in the end of the day, they're really more of a logistics company. They've really mastered supply chain, and that's what gives them leverage. I think Best Buy is recognizing that as other retailers like Walmart and Target, a lot of the big box stores. And I think they're doing a great job doing this. So I agree with that. I foresee a good holiday season for Best Buy.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like Best Buy, you know, they are carving out that niche where they can have a pretty good distinction between Amazon. And another note on that is just as the connected home products get more technical, I think there is a good possibility that they'll have more people taking advantage of their home advisor program because I did talk to a few people who said, oh, well, they're targeting more of an elderly demographic to come to the home and set up the Amazon Alexa or other products. For smart home, but I think you know, as we get more complicated, new products roll out, there might be more people that are going to Best Buy, like, hey, you know, come set this up in my home.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think you'll see, especially if they increase the level of expertise, right, so that they can mm-hmm. show you not only you know how you go about configuring an Alexa device, but it's really more about how do I use combinations of devices, how do I right. enable all of these things to route? my home. And I think that the key factor that it's not so much about an elderly demographic or a less tech savvy demographic, I think it's more about convenience. Even the tech savvy consumer that goes to Best Buy, I think is going there out of convenience. I mean, I saw a statistic recently, 40% of their online orders are for pickup in store. It's another area where I can attest to that. I've frequently bought things online from Best Buy and I go to my nearby store uh, and pick it up that same day. Uh, Even though I could have ordered it on Amazon, I'm a Prime member, like probably two-thirds of the population, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, at this point. Uh,
1: I still bought it from Best Buy because I could go pick it up at the store. So it's a convenience factor. I think Best Buy is also realizing that this home advisor concept, it's not just about helping the not-so-tech-savvy consumer as it is delivering an added convenience factor.
0: right. That makes sense. There is the convenience factor on top of everything we've mentioned so far when it comes to Best Buy. And I do know I just saw this morning that last week or so, the CEO told analysts that their leasing program that they launched this February is having a really positive impact on same-store sales. So some other things that they're launching that are doing well for them, different programs. So it looks like it's on the up and up. Ed, did you want to add anything else before we talk about the next topic?
2: Well, I think it's important to note that you know 10 years ago, Best Buy, you went in because you maybe wanted to buy a smartphone or even a laptop and you know, the percentage of sales for home appliances and connected home products was nascent and now it's mm. you know, their fastest growing segment. So I think to Ricardo's point about what's happening with convenience, yes, and the consumer going to find products that you know, it's better to have them come into your home and help them set it up for you that, that segment, the home appliances and connected home section of the store is what's expanding. And as all the consumer electronics manufacturers and brands go direct to consumer and they can sell smartphones or s- sell computers or sell even televisions direct to consumer with little friction. I think that's where Best Buy is going to pivot to the home appliances and home connected space. And you're seeing that with these programs that they're putting in place. So I think their mix of sales and what people are going to go into the store for are going to be driven around highly complex products that require configuration and they're providing convenience and a service on top of it that's going to build loyalty
0: absolutely and a testament to best buys ability to adapt you know with this whole new sector of products that they're really doing well with So that wraps up Best Buy. We're gonna move on to just the next piece of news, which of course we always talk about, but it is Walmart. Um, While political pundits are still arguing over marketplaces and Medicare retailers are crossing over party lines and rolling out their own remedies. So Walmart's actually the latest retailer to expand its in-store health clinic options. And this is for patients with and without insurance and its Dallas, Texas store will begin offering appointments for x-rays and lab work, mental health counseling, hearing tests and dental work starting September 13th. They're past the general wellness checkups and into more advanced medical care follows what we've seen with CVS Health and their strides beyond pharmacy. As you know, they acquired Aetna last year, and it's all about convenience and expanding the health hub and piloting these new locations. So what do you guys think of the trend? And I'll pass this to Ricardo first. Is retail care something we're gonna see in the future? I mean, it seems like Walmart's expanding into everything.
1: I think we're definitely seeing a trend here, and it's one that I don't believe is gonna be a short-lived one. The way I like to look at this is that The whole medical care and medical insurance as an industry, right, or as a segment is really ripe for disruption. It fundamentally hasn't changed that much in decades, if you look at it from a consumer's point of view. In fact, it's almost, it's a very Amazon-like thing to do, to take a a sector that hasn't changed much for a very long time and come up with a disruptive approach. So we had things like CVS originally with their Minute Clinic expanding now into going beyond wellness and really delivering actual care. I'm not surprised in a sense, right, to see Walmart doing this because I think they do consider themselves an everything store. You know, they are the retailer that's going right. to take up the Amazon challenge and be that alternative everything store. So why not wellness and healthcare and things of this sort? So I don't think it's a fad. I think it's a true trend. You gave the CBS and Walgreens examples as well. I would not be surprised to see others follow afterwards. I think things like clinics, other health services beyond pharmacy, they serve from the retailer's perspective. They add more layers of service to that customer relationship. In some cases, it may be addressing customers that aren't able to get that type of care easily or readily through other means. But for those that have the means, it's yet another convenience factor that that brand, in this case, Walmart, is delivering to them and it deepens the relationship. For Walmart in particular, I think this is indicative of a trend we've been seeing them, not just in healthcare, but of doing things outside the box. You know, I go back to acquisitions they've been making over the years, like Bonobos, ModCloth, even Jet.com. And you can have a discussion about how successful any of these individual acquisitions have been, but I really see the strategy behind this and this sort of retail care is trying to reach a new audience. For them. If we think about Walmart's traditional customer or stereotypical customer that people like to describe, they don't necessarily reach what others like to talk about in a modern sense of a more urban progressive customer with lots of disposable income. That's not who you think of as a traditional Walmart customer. And to some extent, I believe Walmart's customer base is somewhat saturated And that if they're going to continue to grow, they've got to reach out to these other demographics and What a great way to do that than providing health services.
0: Yeah, so you're saying expanding their customer base, that's probably one of the best outcomes from this expansion and their health clinic options in store. I just worry about the quality of care and the regulation aspect. When you're talking about you know, mental health counseling, I just don't know what that would look like. I mean, you're going to Walmart to buy groceries and then you stop by your therapist, I don't know. It's <laughs> definitely it's a
1: little tough to think about and get your head around, right? Because right. you're not used to the model. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of these things do have regulatory concerns that have to be met. So there is sort of a minimum standard there that no retailer can avoid. So if they're going to go down this path, they've got to meet certain requirements. They've got to meet certain minimums. And I think retailer may, in this case, have an advantage in that they're used to the competition for a level of experience. So they know that if they just meet the minimum that regulations required. They can ask themselves, am I really doing something differentiated or different that customers are going to want to come back and use this service again? Mm -hmm. So a good retailer that does this will ask themselves, how do I go the next step and make it better so that I really do surprise people into coming to me for this kind of service where they otherwise would have never thought to. And I think that's what gives the competitive advantage. I think it brings this sort of competitive nature into a healthcare industry, which in, in my opinion, isn't frankly all that competitive. In normal circumstances. It's very much a lot of sameness. And that's why I said at the beginning, you know, my feeling is it's ripe for disruption and this is the kind of disruption we're seeing.
0: Right. And if anyone's going to have a great chance at being successful, it's probably Walmart. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Ed, do you have anything to add here?
2: I think Walmart's differentiator here is going to be that they're going to try and drive down costs. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. Walmart's main value proposition to the consumer is, you know, everyday low prices. They're an everyday low price retailer. I think they're going to take that exact same approach to this. And we've seen even as early as last year, they were trying to buy Humana, for 37 billion dollars and i don't think it'll oh, be wow. long until they actually do so i think they will probably buy a health insurance provider and integrate they're jumping with both feet into this and i remember when i used to shop at costco and you would get you know there's always the air conditioner rep when you walk through i don't know if you guys ever went to costco and there was always the, the store footprint was mm-hmm. always used in that way it was either when you were leaving or you were going mm-hmm. in there was like you know you could buy a jacuzzi and an air conditioner Well, these store footprints are so large that Costco could do that. Such massive footprints in terms of their square footage that the marginal cost of adding that to their store was nothing. And I think now that online retail has changed the dynamics of physical merchandise in Walmart stores. They don't need to carry as much inventory. They can consolidate their footprint of the merchandise in the store that leaves more footprint in the store available for healthcare. So I think we're gonna start to see uh, larger entryways into these stores, into these Walmarts where it's not just checkout aisles, there's an entire set of services available which many Walmarts already have. A lot of eye care, pharmacy built right in but now you're just going to see that expand because they don't need as much footprint for their physical stores because of what e-commerce has done to delivering products directly to consumers or putting that product at the front of the store so the consumer can pick it up from an online order.
1: You bring up a great point about the cost reduction. I'm remembering not too many years ago when Walmart announced they were doing antibiotics for $4 prescriptions. And at the time, I think everyone kind of raised in nightmare and thought, wow, how are they doing that? What's going on here? Are they trying to disrupt healthcare? And they were the first ones that didn't that, but many others followed suit where you could start to find these kinds of common prescriptions that people needed at a very reduced cost. I think you're, you're absolutely right on that one Ed. that there's got to be a cost motivation here on how they're going to differentiate.
0: With the Humana acquisition, is that something you think will happen in the near future?
1: Yeah, it's gone cold. It
2: was in like May of last year that they were looking at it. They were you know, kind of putting a PR push for Humana to sell. So I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen. I don't know exactly when. If not, I think they'll go after someone else. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. um, if, they, if they jump into this with everything they've got. They have the cash. And to Ricardo's point, this is a space that's ready to be disrupted. I mean, healthcare costs are high. The whole healthcare system is totally convoluted and confusing to consumers. Walmart can step in and provide lower costs and convenience and win loyalty that drives foot traffic into the rest of the store. It seems to be a win-win for them since they have the available capital to do it.
0: Yeah, so coming months, we'll look out for... Any big announcements from Walmart or maybe into next year, but definitely some opportunity for disruption. And We might be going to Walmart for our health needs in the future. It'd be totally new format. So really excited to see what comes out of that. So our last topic today is also about Walmart. As you guys know, there was some sad news the other month when 22 people were shot inside of the El Paso, Texas Walmart. And recently, you know, they're tackling healthcare, but now they're addressing the topic of guns following that attack. So they are going to stop selling certain types of ammunition at their stores. And this is a big move for Walmart because it does impact, you know, their revenue. Walmart CEO says the move is going to reduce their market share of ammunition from 20%. So it's a pretty large share to anywhere from six to 9%. So definitely some revenue loss there, but probably a smart move considering all the things that have gone on recently and with most recent consumer reports, and I know Ed, your company actually released a report that backs this up, but it, people are demanding that businesses take social and political stands. They want it to be part of what a brand represents. So I'll pass this on to Ed first. Um, how is removing the ammunition and the past moves Walmart's done in regards to gun inventory going to affect its brand or its sales?
2: Yeah. I mean, tragedies don't change your political attitudes until it happens to you. And this happened to Walmart. And I think with zero response or a very marginal response, Walmart was probably quite pragmatic in this move. As much as it may be unpopular with certain demographics of consumers, 22 people died at a Walmart. And if they did not make a response there, it's quite sad to say, but the ammunition they sold, how can they say that the blood is not on their own hands? Um, Getting rid of the ammunition and getting rid of carrying in the store are somewhat measured, even though more steps they've picked away at this for several years. So I think they've waited long enough to take this harder stance, no guns in the store, not selling ammunition at all. And I think it's because it could now start to negatively affect their profits. I don't mean to sound so stoic and pragmatic and cold in the way that they may be calculating this. I'm sure there are many people that thought this was the right thing to do. But inside that calculation, I think is public sentiment towards this issue is starting to tilt where I don't think they're going to lose consumers necessarily who just choose to buy their ammunition elsewhere or choose to buy a firearm Mm -hmm. because a lot of those are men and Walmart's catering to the real purchase decision in the household, which is the woman who's coming in, the wife who's coming in and buying all these products. I think it's actually a smart move to address that because that female demographic is more supportive of gun legislation and these types of moves. So I think it's quite calculated. I think if they didn't do something, they would have seen even more of a backlash about why they didn't do anything. So I think this is a calculated but smart move on behalf of Walmart.
0: Yeah, interesting. I like that you pointed out, um, you know, that their maybe target demographic is the purchasing decision maker of the household, which is more typically female. So that's a good point. In regards to this news. Ricardo, do you want to add anything here?
1: Yeah, I think I agree in the sense that this is a smart decision by Walmart. You know, they may lose some customers in certain geographic areas, but I really believe it's more likely that in the long term, they'll win more customers over who or people who normally don't shop at Walmart for various reasons. And now they're more of a believer in the brand because of this type of policy shift. I mean, just anecdotally, I've seen over the past week since this news broke from Walmart's CEO, a number of people posting online saying, I don't normally shop at Walmart, but I will today. For every negative comment I could see, anecdotally, I'm sure I saw at least five times as many positive ones in response to this. Now, uh, obviously not a scientific poll there, but I think it's just indicative of general feeling amongst consumers in, in these kinds of very divisive political issues of where sentiment is going. Now, you know, Walmart is not a brand that we've typically seen in the past taking positions on things like this. They're certainly not, for example, like a Nike, who Mm -hmm. very openly takes positions on things. But Nike has proven that they can be very successful doing that. Right. So I think this idea of, you know, in deference to Professor Scott Galloway calling on these woke brands that are starting to appeal to a broader demographic. They're, as Ed said, not to take a cold position on it. But for retailers, at the end of the day, these are always going to come down to a financial decision. And I'm sure there was an analysis done that even though they may lose share from, as you said earlier, 20% down to maybe 6% in this space, I suspect Walmart believes that by making this choice, they're not only making a good choice, it's a sound decision to create a better shopping environment for the customers. I suspect they also realize that they will win over some new customers and they'll probably win them over in product categories and segments that are current growth drivers for Walmart. For example, look at Grocery right? They've become the number one grocer, I believe, from that last count. Yeah. Uh, that's fueling growth for them. I'm sure there will be many shoppers who haven't tried Walmart grocery or haven't used any of their pickup or delivery service who now might say, you know, I, I, I have a different opinion of this brand now. I'm going to give that a try. And I think they'll win people over that way. That's likely to offset any kind of short-term decline. And I know I've seen some folks talking about or posting about brand boycotts for Walmart in response to this. But my feeling is, you know, frankly, these kinds of retail boycotts typically don't work and they typically don't really have any long-term impact. I think if you look at was it a couple of years back when Dix did something similar, their sales mm-hmm. went up the next quarter. Yeah. Uh, it was a completely positive impact. I draw an analogy to when CVS decided to stop selling tobacco products. I don't yes, think huge. regretting that decision at all today. So,
0: right, exactly. And yeah, we forget about that, but that was yeah. a huge move.
1: Right, so it's not just brands like Nike. I think there's plenty of examples like the CVS sticks where making a choice that swings in a positive direction to consumer sentiment across the population demonstrates that retailers are paying attention to the people that shop there, and they're trying to create an environment that makes people feel good about what they're doing.
0: 100%. Net-net, I think it's unanimous that it's a positive move for Walmart in both areas, um, their decision to remove a good portion of their ammunition sales, and then also their exploration into expanding their health centers. So interesting stuff on both fronts, Walmart and Best Buy, I really enjoyed the rundown today with you, Ed and Ricardo. Thank you so much for joining. And I hope to have you guys as guests on one in the future.
1: Thanks, Julie. Enjoyed it. Happy Thanks. to be here. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast.